What's up, everybody? Oh, God, that was really close. I think I adjusted my microphone too far. What's up, everybody? Does that sound weird to you? Does it sound fuzzy? I hear, like, there's a little bit of, like, background. Like, raspiness? No. Hold on. Maybe I turned it up too much. It is loud. But I'm also, I had tequila last night. So. I did. I saw that. Yeah, that bartender should be fired. <laughs> but I only had two, and they were strong. That's how a margarita should be. Well, that's true, but it didn't really taste good. Check, check, check. That's a little bit better, right? Yeah. Or does it sound the exact same? Take well, three. I think it was because you were like, hey, like you yelled at <laughs> me. <laughs> All right, we're starting at. Fifty-five seconds in. What's up, everybody? We are here on a Saturday morning recording the podcast. It's been a crazy busy week. We got the fundraiser coming up this morning, uh, so we decided to record it this morning. Get a quick episode in and talk about funny things that we've seen as coaches, and then kind of reflecting on the mistakes that we've made as coaches, and then the development over time. Um, casual, funny episode. Yeah. Chat back and forth for a little bit, and then go hit this fundraiser for. Diana's Jimmy Fun Walk team, which is called Collier Strong. She's walking tomorrow. We're going to try to bump her over her last uh, fundraising goal today with our awesome community. Mm -hmm. um, all right. Let's jump right on into it. Okay. Quick episode, right? <laughs> it's well, I'm like half asleep. Yeah, it's 7.35 in the morning. I haven't well, even finished my coffee yet. I know, well, my coffee, I usually get Starbucks because I'm bougie. Or I pretend that I am. But today I was like, I'm going to get dunks. And it's so disappointing. Oh, yeah. Like, it didn't hit the way I wanted it to. It's, and um, but dunks is dunks. It's just an acquired taste. It's just watery today. There's, I don't know. It's maybe because I haven't had it in a while. There's better coffee out there, but you always just kind of go back to the dunks. Yeah. And I, like, whenever occasion. I see videos of people not from New England and they, like, get a Dunkin' Donuts, I'm like, oh, no way. Because, like... Yeah. You only think that people that have grown up here will be excited about it. Yeah. Nostalgic wise. But like to see someone that's out of state. Yeah. Get it. Like in the south and they're drinking a dunk. So you're like, oh. Yeah. Okay. As you start getting further and further away from New England, the Dunkin Donuts just start getting more spread out. Yeah. Like here, there's one on each side of the street. Mm -hmm. Like just so you're not inconvenienced <laughs> by pulling across. Yeah. You don't have to cross any streets. It's nice. Yeah. When I was in D.C., I think there was one and I had to walk like six miles to it it was crazy you walked did you not have a car no well i oh. did i had my truck but once i got into the city working i just walked everywhere because oh, it yeah. was like boston once you're yeah. out of the parking garage no i i lived in virginia when i was down there just because i didn't want to be in the city so i was like oh, 20 cool. minutes outside in alexandria um all right getting into this topic so first thing i want to talk about um development as coaches um kind of where we were, where we've come, things that we've realized over the years, and then we'll get into the funny stuff. I actually one just came to mind, Ooh, probably my most funny coaching moment. <laughs> um, but anyways, a good exercise if you're a coach is to kind of think back and look at yourself as a coach, whether it's two years ago, three years ago, five years ago, whenever you first started, and think about how you ran a class and how you coached, and, and is that person the same person that's here today, or are you disappointed and just baffled at the person that you were as a coach back then. I cringe. Cringe. Yeah. Yeah. Me yeah. too. I, I, <laughs> I remember very specifically like the first class that I coached and I think I just finished a workout. I almost threw up 
because I still wasn't recovered yet. My heart rate was still jacked. Mm-hmm. And then I got super nervous doing the whiteboard brief. But it was basically like a glorified babysitting job. Like I was like, hey, guys, this is the workout that we're doing. Let's go. <laughs> and then it was just watching people work out after that. Yeah. What how, were, when, how long ago was that? When was your first one? Three years ago. Nice. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> it's all a blur at this point. Yeah, I don't yeah. Know. same. <laughs> I don't know. Do you remember your first class? Yeah, the owner wanted to, or like a friend of ours um, wanted the owner to go fishing. It was a Friday. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I, I have said it before, I didn't have my certification or anything. And I was just there. I always went in early. I was there for like two hours before class. And it was before, no, we had, we had added two afternoon classes or like just, there was only one class on Friday mm-hmm. afternoon. And I was like, just go. And so I talked him into going. So I, it turned into like babysitting. I didn't know. And thankfully it was three of my friends that were taking class. So mm-hmm. they, they all show up and they're like, what are you doing? <laughs> and I'm like, I'm going to coach. And that was back before, like, I think we had a, the warm up was like written on the board or I had to make it up. I forget. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so I just winged it and I, I can't remember what the work, I know there was pull-ups and running, but zero lesson plan. Oh, no, nothing. Zero time yeah. management. No, th- I did that for a long time. I mean, now, because we have cap, like, it has it in there. But, so I always, like, today I wrote it out. Um, well, there's, I w- it's not a very good lesson plan, but it's out there. Um, but I do a lot of just, like, visualizing in my head for stuff. But, like, I did that for a couple years before I oh, learned yeah. what um, lesson plans were. But, like, when I think about when I first started the only like I didn't travel to other gyms I had no experience of like dropping in and seeing what other CrossFits were like so I was purely based off of the one gym that I had only been in and so I very much mimicked what I experienced when I was in class right and then it was 20 minutes of like rolling out so you'd you'd warm up you get like nice and sweaty Mm -hmm. and then you would roll out with PVCs or lacrosse balls for 10 to 15 or more minutes and you'd be cold again (laughs) so you got your body nice and warmed up got your heart rate elevated and then you'd get back and then and this is very true it's like when you roll out your body like you get sleepy yeah you're just like you're breaking down yeah exactly so you're like sleepy and it's like okay great now I have to like elevate my heart rate even more again so like that was most of my coaching was like all right we're gonna warm up and then we'd roll out because like back then i didn't know how to structure a class other than like like i kind of did but i didn't spend as much time on yeah um like progressions and stuff so and i was just nervous because like i was coaching friends and people that had been doing it longer than me and um i was still learning so i'd fill it with rolling out yeah for like a long time have you ever worked out with a class no, never. I, I have maybe twice, and it's makes me cringe still to this day. <laughs> and some people, I still get it occasionally. They're like, oh, why don't you just do the workout with us? And I'm just like, absolutely not. Like, that is the oh, – it just yeah. – it, oh, it makes me cringe when people or coaches will work out with the class because you're not doing your job. No. It's just like it, you have a job to do. You're there to be a professional. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, 100%. Lesson plans were out the window, which I do the same thing now. I do a little bit more visualization. I'll jot down a couple notes. Mm -hmm. But for a while, my lesson plans were pretty, like, timelined out. And I think doing that for a little bit, along with CAP, helped me structure a class. So it's like I 
can confidently jump into a class and just be like, all right, this, 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 and this, and then kind of go, excuse me, from there, just choked on my coffee. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's been a wild ride. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Now, what were like the top one or two things that you never realized that a coach needed to do back in the day <laughs> that you now do? I was just thinking about this. So like I got no feedback or no like, hey, expect this or that is like one, you have to make sure no one's hurting yourself mm -hmm. like themselves. So when you coach, you didn't you don't realize that until you're in the moment. You go, what if someone falls off the rig? What if this happens? What if this happens? Like you're not prepared for that until you're like coaching and you go, oh, like I'm oh shit. You gotta make sure everyone's being smart, and then, um, because at first you're just like, oh, I just need to make sure they're not rounding their back. But it's like, no, if, like what they could trip outside if they're running. And mm -hmm. um, the other one was time management. Mm -hmm. Of this was even before I had like lesson plans. You have to like always look at the clock, especially when you're like you know like 20 minutes of rolling out with class, like eyeballing the clock and being like, okay, if we went any further because the coach, the classes I used to coach there was so much stuff jammed in sometimes yeah that it's ridiculous and I used to have people when I would have them like there was a day where we had back squats and then single leg like Bulgarian split squats before it and there was something after the squats so I just turned the Bulgarian split squats into an imam this is like more into my coaching um, experience and people were like aggravated and I'm like well we have too much stuff and if I don't keep you guys on a schedule we're gonna go into the next class yeah and because I'm the only one of the coaches that did that like they got annoyed with it because yeah. usually it's like oh just get these done when you're done with that go to this like there was never any like imam style or like hey you got 20 minutes yeah like with the clock keeping you on schedule so um, people, yeah, people weren't a fan, but that, that's exactly how classes here used to be. And it was like a lot of strength in Metcon, but to a point where it'd be so jam packed that you would do the warm up, you'd get right into a quick lifting session, which wasn't even worth doing at that point. Cause yeah. you didn't have enough time to get the intensity out of it. And then you drop everything, clean up, grab what you needed for the workout, very little instruction. And it's like, okay, what are we doing for a workout? Mm -hmm. And it was either vastly over-programmed or vastly under-programmed yeah and just it it was a mess in terms of delivering what the product should have been right and now it's like looking back on it i'm like holy shit those are such bad classes like you're not teaching anything you're not making anybody better and then oftentimes a lot of the things that people don't realize that we need to keep in mind is not only are we looking at everybody to keep them safe but at the same time, we're trying to get them a really good workout at the same time. So you have yeah. to juggle those two things. So mm -hmm. what's the most important thing that's going to keep this person safe and not hurt themselves while they still get the intensity out of the workout? So we're juggling those two things. And then all of a sudden, you have to add in a third thing and make the class fun. Because if it's not yeah. entertaining and fun, nobody's going to want to do it. Yeah. Right. And that's where you have to, like, when I started experiencing, like, panic attacks and stuff, like... I could have had a panic attack earlier in the day. Those are already draining. And then knowing you have to coach and not act like you had a bad day yeah, is really hard. So no matter how tired you are, no matter what happened to you, like I had to go to a funeral one day Oof. in the middle of the day and then leave and go coach. Like that's, yeah. That, and you have to pretend nothing is go, like ruining because you want people to have a good time. So yeah. it's like, those are the other things you don't think about. Yeah. Like you have to like turn it on. It's like a little bit of acting, but also like I, I generally get yeah. Amped up when I'm around people that are excited. Oh, to for work sure. It, so it, it does help being around everybody. It puts me in a better mood. Like I 
I am at my happiest when I'm coaching on the floor because it's fun, right? Mm-hmm. But there's situations where, you know, you you have people in a class, you have your members, they probably have no idea to the slightest what's going on in the coach's lives outside of whatever's happening yeah. in that class because it's something that we focus on to make sure that we are there and present and making sure it's a kick-ass class. Mm-hmm. And even last night to a point, like I was tired, it was a Friday night and like I didn't have the energy that I typically have. Yeah. But I was like, all right, I can't just stand around and do nothing, like how am I gonna make this fun? So I had to start moving around. Once I get moving around, then it starts to click and everything like that. And, you know, the workout last night was running and box jump overs with your hands. So it wasn't all that complicated, but like you still need to make sure that that class is fun and the energy is there. It doesn't matter how many people are in class because typically Friday afternoons are pretty slow. So you're going to have yeah. relatively smaller classes. So you need to make up for that energy that's not there. Like, I know. I feel like I have to compensate sometimes. <laughs> yeah, it's it's much easier. So I think it goes. It there's got to be some sort of graph. I'm not good at graphs, but like the more people you have in class, the less you have to attribute to bringing the energy to class. But yeah. the more you need to attribute to group management and herding cats. Yes. Because you need to make sure yeah. everybody is in line. And when you know, I tell people to put their boxes in a certain part of the square <laughs> or line your rowers up. It's for a reason because it allows us to coach better going yeah. down the line because mm-hmm. we could see things better but at the same time keeping everything organized with a group of 10 or 12 people that are throwing weights and barbells around it's for your safety and the yeah. enjoyment of the class like yeah. it will flow better i understand that people you know think the rubber floor is lava and 10 people like to go on the turf sometimes <laughs> or you know everybody bunches down by the garage doors and i don't know maybe i got bad breath or something no oh when they were at the whiteboard yeah, yeah everybody i'm always like why are you guys all over there like you're facing that way i'm like because you're standing here so it's like you both doing it because yeah. the other person is yeah, yeah. exactly <laughs> but you know when we tell you to move around and spread out and put things in certain areas or you come in and things are set up it's for your safety and the efficiency of the class yeah like and that's the reason do you feel like so i feel like when i i've gotten better at being a little more confident and I don't know if stern's the right word just like assertive yeah do you think like that was that something that came easy to you in the beginning or like you've gotten no, better with it no I think it's the more I've done it and the more I've learned over the years I've gotten more confident in delivering the product so it allows me to be a little bit more stern now whereas yeah. before it was like, all right, I'm a coach now. Like I do CrossFit, so mm-hmm. that's kind of my window of knowledge in that point. And I guess it's a little bit of imposter syndrome at the beginning because like, yes, we do have our level one or level two, whatever it might be, but there's not a ton of experience there. Yeah, it, It's the same thing that me and Jimmy were just talking about. It's time on the floor that gets you experience. Yeah, And, you know, I, I see people that will go get their level one and then immediately go get their level two and then immediately try to walk up this ladder that, you know, it's kind of the school of hard knocks. Mm -hmm. You got to put time on the floor. You have to coach. And even if you get all of these certifications right out of the gate, you're still going to look back on yourself three years ago as a coach and laugh at what you did. Oh yeah. Because you need to put time on the floor and understand how to manage people, how to be a psychiatrist out there because you don't know what kind of day your people are having when they walk in. That's Mm -hmm. another big thing. And it's like, all right, can I push this person? Can I not push this person? Is this person going to rip my head off if I give them one more cue? Right, yeah, you have to know, you have to change your coaching style depending on the person. And that's that's another thing we don't, or like no one's ever really taught when you go into it. And it, 
it definitely helps. I think like you're probably empathetic. I think you are empathetic mm-hmm. like I am. So it does help like, yeah. you know, because we're going to. So if like you can kind of tell if a class has all had like an iffy day because they're all going to be kind of quiet or yep. like, maybe they're half asleep. Yeah. But it's hard to not let that affect me as a coach of yep. like letting their bad day. So it's like I try and, you know, make it make sure like that everybody's going to have a good time. So, yeah, it's yeah. just a big circle of. That's like um, Thursday morning classes. It's, it goes one of two ways. It's either everybody's really tired from the week and they're super quiet. Mm-hmm. So at that point, I'm like, all right, I have to try to make them laugh and have some fun yeah. here. And they're probably not going to respond to any of my jokes. Not that anybody does anyways, but I, I hit and send it and miss like nine out of ten times. It's okay. If you keep it's trying. It's okay. I laugh in my own head. That's what uh, matters. <laughs> but they'll either be really tired and quiet. So, like, I'll give the whiteboard brief. They won't say anything. They'll start the warm-up. It'll be super quiet. Or Thursday morning class, everybody is collectively overtired and, like, giggly and laughing and just calling each other out. Those ones are actually really fun. Oh, yeah. Because it's a lot easier to bring the energy, and I'll just Mm -hmm. feed into that. But you got to play it by what you have that day. So, like, Mm -hmm. if somebody's super tired, you're not going to ride them on whatever they're doing, like, hard. You're going to be like, all right how am I going to get this person to have a really good experience today and get a good workout? Yeah. Like that's what you always have to be thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's one thing that I never, like they don't teach you that. No. Um, and there's one other thing that I always think about that they don't teach you in your level one or level two is you're going to get people in your class that don't move perfectly. Mm-hmm. And you have to weigh the good and the bad. And it's like, okay, what is going to put this person in the safest position and also get them a little bit better? Because somebody's going to walk into your class and that day, they're just not going to squat down below parallel. Like they just can't. Maybe they've never squatted before or maybe they're super, super tight and they're going to have to work on it. But you have to be understanding of they're trying. Yeah. You got to push them a little bit, but you also got to take a little bit. You got to be very empathetic to that situation. So make sure the points of performance are there. Make sure they're in a safe position and also kind of push them to be a little bit better that day. And that's kind of a route that I've gone in the past year is, okay, did this person get a little bit better today in class? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Accomplished. That class was accomplished. What are we going to do the next time to now get a little bit better off of that? You don't Mm -hmm. need to fix everything, every single waking moment. Right. Yeah. I think the way like, um, when I was part of a like a coaching group years a couple of years ago, they called it like water the flowers, not the weeds. Yeah. So like find the people that care that they want to change, you know, because you're gonna have athletes that don't necessarily want to, and then that's a whole other route you have to navigate. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you have to like know that at least they're getting one percent better. Yeah. Because that's all that matters. Like it's hard to, you know, get somebody to squat below parallel that has knee issues if yeah, you know, overnight. Yeah. Like it's a it's a long road, but if you get a buy-in with that person and like get them to trust you yeah. that's the other thing is like learning to get people to trust you and oh yeah like, that's a good good topic tough. to bring up yeah. too because like as a new coach depending on i think it can go two different routes if you are a new coach that you were a part of the membership before mm-hmm. then you have an uphill battle to gain the trust and respect of people to look at you as a coach yes oh yeah we've both done that <laughs> yeah we've both done that and then on the flip side if you're coming from outside of the CrossFit community mm-hmm. or just the specific CrossFit community that you're now coaching, 
you now have an uphill battle to gain the trust and respect of the new membership yeah. as an established coach, mm-hmm. which you did coming here, right? Yeah. Being new. Yeah. I've and done, that's my second gym that I like went. Yeah. Um, like why I didn't know I didn't work out there at all. So it's yeah, so scary. There, there's no easy transition to becoming that coach in the coaching role. And it's hard and you have to work at it and you have to show people that, you know, you care. I think yeah. that's the biggest thing. Even if you don't know everything that day, if you show them that you care about them getting better and you got to ask yourself, do you honestly care about them getting mm-hmm. better? It's going to show and people are going to start to respect you and you're going to start to get a little bit better each day. Yeah, because you, I, I fully believe that if you're doing this and you don't care, like I wouldn't want, mm-hmm. I, you want somebody like I 100%, 1 million percent care because I've been through a ton like weight loss wise, movement wise mm-hmm. injuries. Like I generally want to use my experiences to help other people. And if you have people that are not interested in that and they just want to like have, you know, quote unquote, an easy like non-office job, like you're not yeah. for this. You're not going to last long. Exactly. Exactly. I think, um. Have it's you not an easy job, I should say that. No, it's not. <laughs> Some people think it is, it's not. Oh, just read the workout off the whiteboard and then watch people work out. It's a, there's a lot more that goes into yeah, it. Where yeah. we should be psychologists. I mean, we probably should get we probably could get like a certificate at this point. Oh yeah. I wonder <laughs> if there's just a test that we can take. Um <laughs> What was I just gonna say? Oh, have you ever done the exercise on trying to find your why on why you want to be a coach? Or why you coach? I'm pretty sure I've done like yeah, it's like like the five whys kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, I've done it. Or I've learned how to do that with other people too. Yeah, yeah. It, it's a cool exercise. It's a very difficult exercise, and oftentimes it takes multiple iterations to really kind of hit that emotional state on yeah. why you actually do it. But I think it's good for every new coach to really define that and understand. Okay, why do you want to do this? Mm-hmm. Right? Do you really? genuinely care about people getting better or is this just easier than what you're doing before and it's just kind of your side gig yeah and that will define you as a coach and you know not saying that you shouldn't coach at that point just saying that you need to let that guide your i guess journey as a coach and understand what kind of coach do you want to be um yeah there's a lot more that goes into it than just (laughs) dip drive keep your heels down a little bit lower um, well, we have a focus every day, like every class too. So like you're going to have like there's yes, I could focus on getting below parallel or keeping your heels down or keeping your chest up. But it's like you, it's good to have one specific yeah. goal with that, your class as well. Yeah, that I was just thinking that I forgot to mention it. It's I think the curse of the new coach is you want to fix everything mm-hmm. at once. And all I, you do fall into that sometimes still occasionally yeah, I get excited <laughs> occasionally. But I think now we have the ability to recognize it oh, when yeah. we do it. Mm-hmm. And um, just put yourself in the person's shoes that you're coaching. It's like, yeah. OK, you just told me five different things to do. Yeah. And I don't have the body awareness to even understand one of them yet. Mm-hmm. It's like this feels really freaking weird. Yeah. And you just you confuse people. You got to keep it simple and to the point. And if it doesn't work, try something else. It's funny because I like going into weightlifting. It, I I don't want to say it was easy, but I understood what my body was doing in space. So it, for me, like that connection was not that tough. Not to say I lift perfect. By no means do I. But I had somebody like within the last year who was a swimmer, and they were doing this like arm drill where like one was going one way and one was going the other. Like there was something, and I was trying to do it, and they're like, no. So they're trying to explain it to me, and it was like 
my brain couldn't comprehend it. Yeah. And I'm like, I get it. Like, yeah. I get how sometimes when people are in a class and you're like telling telling them to do something like you just your body you don't know what to do yeah. so like it was nice to have that it like that moment where i was like oh, oh okay like yeah. i get how hard it is sometimes because you know for, I'm, i've been lucky enough to like do a little bit of gymnastics like when i was younger so like i get all that awareness and um but doing something that was completely out of my realm that yeah looked simple when i watched the person do it yeah i was like okay yeah like it was just like a light bulb went off and i'm like yeah there's no point in me telling them to do 800 things because if i had that off of like one or two cues mm -hmm. to overload that like it took I, I think i got it one time and then i still screwed it up yeah but it was it was a, like it was a nice moment to that that's awesome <laughs> to have that moment because i struggle with the same thing because i mean i think playing multiple different sports throughout the course of my life like mm -hmm. it's hard for me to understand when somebody doesn't understand their body's movement yeah because like even when i'm wrong i know i'm wrong in a position so like yep. i can feel it and you know i'll try to correct it i know it might not be perfect but i know it's there so when i try to give somebody a cue i often put myself there and i'm like okay what would i understand well keep your heels down well it's not always that simple right. or a, a really good one is pick your chest up and it's like I give that cue to people and sometimes it just doesn't work. Or have you ever seen where you say, pick your chest up and people bring their chest down? Yeah. Or oh, yeah. like you'd say something, some sort of cue and the person does the opposite. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, yeah it, it happens sometimes. And as a coach, you don't realize that. Like as a new coach getting out of your level one, you're like, okay, you just got to give them a cue and then it fixes it, right? It's like, no, 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 no. no. 15 other ways to ex explain what you just said yeah and we're time. we're always thinking about you know the three different types of cues whether it's visual mm -hmm. um tactile or verbal verbal or, yeah, saying verbal, yeah. i was trying to think of that <laughs> word i was gonna say audio um <laughs> but there's three different types of cues that we try to give and you know everybody learns differently there's a yeah. reason there's three different ones so mm -hmm. it's like some people need you to point at their hips to get them to go back. Yeah. Some people need you to show them what to do. And some people can just listen and then repeat what you're asking them mm -hmm. to do. But it's always different depending on the person that you have or that you're coaching. And if you have 10 people in a class, that's 10 different people that you have to cater your cues to. Yeah. And it's funny. It popped in my head. Like, I get it, too. When you're nervous, if you're nervous, it's also going to make it a lot harder. So, like, when I go to the chiropractor, sometimes, like... You know, I've just, my neck's just been adjusted, my back, and I have, like, he's just, like, you know, dug his thumbs into my trap, so I'm, like, going crazy. My anxiety's a little high, and I was on my side, and then he'll go, all right, go to your back, and I'll flip to my stomach. <laughs> yeah. And I'm, like, I know <laughs> where my back is. Yeah. But yet, my brain just decided to shut off in that moment, so it's, like... And then you're embarrassed because like yeah. they probably but it, you're probably not the only person that's done that there no, either. It, but it like happens. then you're like okay, it could be a just sometimes people are nervous, especially if they're newer and you've never been coached and had somebody like right up on you and you don't want to do something wrong. Yeah. Because I hated being coached. Like I hated being watched. Yeah. Coaching was fine. Being watched, I could feel the coach's eyes on me across the room, and it creeped me out at first. Yeah. And like I would be ready to like you know do my lift, and I woke up and I could see them, and I would stop. Right. So like it just makes it which is harder. important because like if that if you get that trust bond with that coach and you know that they care if they're over on the other side of the room watching you it makes it less like I don't know what the word is 
less you like you don't feel like you're being watched and like you're being yeah it's not like your boss is you know micromanaging yeah like you. somebody's being critical of your movement it's like okay mm -hmm. i'm just gonna get this workout when you have a good relationship with your coach and you know that they care you just go about your workout and you know that they're gonna be there when you need them That's or like when they need to be a therapist like you're not if you're if you don't have trust with your therapist or like feeling comfortable with them you're not going to tell them anything yeah so like, same thing like i need to have that buy-in with somebody and that's why i like asking a lot of questions and mm -hmm. getting to know people because i genuinely care but yeah it helps to like build a relationship with them so yeah you know plus you can ask about that like if you you start to learn which people are going to have a good day or like yeah they're having an off day just yeah. by mannerisms alone yeah that was one of the coolest things that i learned from coaching is to ask people that second third and fourth question mm -hmm. because it, it taught me that everybody is a super cool human being mm -hmm. if you ask the right questions or the right amount of questions yeah because like typically people are just so you know structured to say hey how's it going good how about you how's work great but they don't ask you know what do you do for work if you didn't do that what would you really want to do and like oh, that's, cool, yeah. that's when you start to get really cool answers out of people and you get to know them for the person that they are and again everybody is super cool you just got to spend a little bit more time mm -hmm. trying to find it. Um, all right. Segue into <laughs> it kind of relates back to what we're talking about. So that's our coaching experience and kind of what we've learned over the years. Well, and we have to talk about what we did to fix it. Oh, yeah. Well, we both actually did the same kind of thing, didn't we? Like we both found a mentor. Yeah. Oh, that. All right. I'm glad that you said that because as I was pouring my coffee this morning, I was like, I want to make sure I say this on the podcast today. <laughs> if your coach doesn't have a coach, then you got to question that coach because they're not striving to get better themselves. Mm -hmm. Right. And, you know, whether it's feedback within the gym that we do to each other, or we've both had mentors and coaching mentors, mm -hmm. and we've had people there to look out for us to be our coach to be a better coach, that's how you get better. Mm. So like as a coach, you need a coach. So like what kind, what was your process? Well, it was back when, so Ray Regno used to be my mentor and he was the first one really on the scene that started it that I was, that I'm aware of. And it was back when it was like wicked cheap and I had messaged him and cause I, things at the gym I was coaching at weren't going well and I knew like I wanted to get better and I felt like there there was some things off with my game my coaching game mm -hmm. reached out and he's like oh it's 20 bucks a month and I was like oh I don't know like I yeah. didn't have a lot of money and not that I do now and he was like oh that's like three coffees a month like yeah you can stop with the coffee and do this and then I finally joined and that's that expensive coffee <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> well I told you I like Starbucks so six fifty a coffee <laughs> Woo. But it, it started just knowing that other coaches were experiencing the same thing I was because I had no other outlet of, uh, I knew nobody else that coached other than the people that were at that gym. And I was the only female too. So I had never met another female coach outside of that gym. And the biggest thing for me was even before like changing my coaching was knowing that everything I was ex experiencing, I'm not alone. Mm -hmm. So like having people that didn't want to listen to me either because I'm new or like they're older than me or I'm a female like all of these things I wasn't alone so that was a huge help um so if I ever had questions about things I always had a group of people to like 
reach out to. Yeah. Um, and then it went on from like, I took a programming workshop through somebody. I did like one-on-one coaching for a year where I got like, it was like video calls twice a month where we worked on like, I was videoing like me coaching and then the, the, my mentor would be like, Oh, we can change this. You can do this. So like, mm-hmm. I knew a lot of like, I changed a lot of my verbiage, uh, how I was demoing. I changed a ton of, cause mm-hmm. like, I, you know, I was doing air squats and demoing and I would just like half ass it and my butt would like ice cream scoop up and I wouldn't even keep my chest up. So like mm-hmm. I had a good bottom position, but like coming up, it was like a shit show. So yeah. being aware of like what I was doing on film and having somebody help me with that was huge. Yeah, for sure. Um, mine was, I I think everybody, if you're a coach and you feel like something is off and you don't understand it, there's probably an answer out there Mm -hmm. for it. And other people are definitely going through it. So to think that that's just how it is, is not a good mindset to have because it doesn't need to be that way. There's, there's different ways to go about it. Um, for me, I just started coaching, like thrown into the fire here and all I knew were people that coached here. And then once I got my level one, or before I got my level one, I went to the port up in Portsmouth as a recommendation from a friend, and I started getting one-on-one training with their head coach at the time, Justin. And it started off as some one-on-one sessions to get better at Olympic lifting. And very soon, probably within a month or two, it became one-on-one sessions to go just hang out say that we're working on a movement Mm -hmm. but realistically just get a lot of feedback yeah and by him coaching me one-on-one it developed me as a coach to understand what to look for and you know how to deliver what i'm trying to deliver Mm -hmm. and that was super beneficial and you know by the end of it like our last month of private sessions it was like literally sitting in the corner and not even doing anything and just talking about like what's happened over yeah. the past week or two and it was super cool and super helpful and it was at that point that i was like wow you know there's ways to deliver this product that are really really awesome and you just have to seek out the help so that went on to getting my level two which was a crazy experience in itself and it's like denise thomas like unbelievable she's great unbelievable and like having her and then Connor Murphy there and then just them dissecting your coaching to like super, super, super fine line, it's it's eye-opening. Yeah. You're like, oh my God, there's all this stuff that I never even realized that I thought I was good at. And that's another just like, like take a seat, like get humbled, mm-hmm. right? Which is awesome every now and then. And then from there, joining Affiliate U and being with Fern and Ackerman and their coaching development towards the end of their program, like in yeah. having them as mentors still to this day, it's just kind of this whole progress of going from coach to coach to coach to coach and like getting coached myself. And that's yeah. what's helped me develop not only my mindset, but my ability to coach others. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, super cool. I need to get back. I need to get back into, I would love to be in Ackerman's group, but I think my focus right now has been nutrition for myself. Yeah. Because well, I let's figure it out let's do it (laughs) he's he's as pricey i know that but i like yeah um especially to help with like level three stuff but yeah because i'm just not good at studying for sure i'm the same way like i i'll do it on my own but i'd rather have a conversation with others about topics that's how i learn better yeah i like discussing things um all right real quick we're 35 and a half minutes in wow funniest coaching moment coaching yes Technically, okay, I'm going to, well, 
I'll consider this coaching because it was when Jimmy, like I used to go in, he would come with me on like Sundays at the gym. Oh, this is a good story. And I, or is it the, this yes. one? Okay. Um, well, there was one time where I yelled at him to get the weight <laughs> off his back. His back squats have come like real far. <laughs> Um, he was basically like, good morning, like 190. Yeah. And I was like, stop, stop, stop. Put the bar down. Put the bar down. This is like probably like within the first year of us dating. I'm like, oh God. Um, the fact that he still wanted to marry me after me like coaching him for that long is, I don't know how he's pulled through <laughs> this long. Um, but so we went in on a Sunday and he didn't know what a burpee was. So I demoed it and I was writing something on the board. So had the marker, put the marker, capped it. And I was like, all right, I'll, I wrote the workout and I was like, all right, I'll show you what a burpee is. So I put the marker in my mouth real quick and then I went down, did a burpee. I was gonna do two in a row. So he saw what it looked like on the second one, went down, smashed my face off the floor with the <laughs> marker in my mouth. The marker, I forget if it was cap in the mouth or not, but it ripped open the top of my mouth and I knocked open, knocked out a tooth. <laughs> and then, so, I mean, I still have, it's holding on strong, surprisingly, but, uh, so yeah, I, it was my first root canal that, that day or no, I got it a couple of days later, but I, we found somebody on like a Sunday that could, so I have a photo of me without a tooth. That's amazing. And I was like, I just looked at him and I was like, are you still going to love me? And he's not, he has no tooth. So. Jimmy, you're such a sweetheart. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> so yeah, I knocked a tooth out doing a burpee all for Jimmy. Mine is short and sweet. And I was coaching in here one day and, um, watching somebody like over on the rubber floor and I was walking down this tunnel that we've created with the rig mm. and wasn't looking where I was going and I was like watching somebody do a squat or something my head was just completely turned over okay. and when I coach I walk really fast like if you look at my whoop it's it's intense my heart rate gets up where's your heart rate 150 <laughs> I walked head on straight into one of the posts of the rig and like borderline <laughs> too, gave right? myself a concussion and knocked myself out it was fantastic and only one person saw it. I wish more people did. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But that's my top funniest one. I mean, uh, I've definitely tripped on stuff. I've never, oh, God, no. Walked straight into the yeah. rig. Not yet. Um, but we'll do another episode on all of our funny moments because we yeah. have a ton of them. We actually recorded it before, but something happened and the we didn't get it. The podcast that happened but never happened. The podcast that happened but never happened. Mm -hmm. um, but we got a fundraiser coming up in 19 minutes, everybody. Ooh. So hope you enjoyed this episode. We'll come at you um, this coming week with another topic and uh, have a great weekend. Follow us upon us. Yeah. Oh, I know it's so cold. <laughs> All right, everybody. <laughs> See you later. Bye.